What's up, guys? I'm Jason Hurt with Chariots for Hope. Welcome to Under the Hood Podcast. We are so excited that you're joining us today, and I'm excited because we have an amazing guest. Uh, not only is he a former recipient, uh, but he's a personal friend, a family member. Drew, welcome, brother. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get right into your story because your story is powerful. It's encouraging. Uh, I know it's blessed me and many of our um, uh, members, staff members at Chariots. And so I just wanted to start off by just giving us background. Like, where did you come from? What did you, have you gone through before you got to Chariots? Just tell us your story. Um, so I grew up in a rougher part of North Omaha uh, with my grandparents mm. at first. And uh, like my my parents were around, but they weren't around. So they would come and go as they kind of pleased, mm. you know what I mean? And my grandparents just raised us. They were Catholic, so we knew church, but we didn't know Jesus, I guess you could say. You sure. know what I mean? So after living with them, it was for about six years from kindergarten to sixth grade. So all of my elementary school was with my grandparents. And it was me, my sister, my brother, and my cousin. And then when we lived with my mom or when I, I actually went over to my mom's house to stay the night one night when I was 12 and I just decided not to leave. I told her I wasn't going nowhere because, you know, that's all we wanted to do. We, I wanted to be with my parents. Mm. You know, we never quite understood why they didn't come get us, I guess. Wow. was That was one of the hardest parts was like, you know, they had a choice. So they just chose not to, uh, you know get a place and, and come get me, my brother, and my sister. So, mm. you know, for a lot of years I held on to that. But when sure. I finally did live with my mom, um, I stayed over off of like Fontenot Boulevard area by Benson High School yeah. and um, pretty rough area. I hung out with some guys that were pretty rough. Um, you know, I think the one thing that you kind of get out of that is uh, you think you're included or loved mm. or like. Like a false like, sense of security security kinda. yeah yeah you know but it's it's kind of everybody was out for themselves mm. still, you know what i mean during that time it was a lot of um fast money cars women like like a lot and i was young so yeah. a lot of the people we hung out with were older you know in their 20s yep. you know they had nice cars and stuff and we were the the younger kids but we hung out with them so mm. everything they had we kind of picking up like, bad habits yeah, yeah lots and lots of bad habits right uh, and then, so I thought about this the other day that, so I'm at 38 years old, I've really only lived with my mom from the time I was about 12 or 13 to the time I was 19 mm. because they actually lost the house. Oh, okay. And at that point it was like, well, you guys got to find somewhere to live. Mm. And so from 19 on, I was on my own. You were on your own. Yeah. Like I still Just had family around running the streets. No, I, I mean, yeah, pretty much. I stayed with a girl. You know, whatever right. girl I was dating at the time, she had an apartment and then just right. moved in with her, which is a bad idea in itself anyway. Mm. You know, and when I was a teenager, I had got on probation. And um, I remember that's when the drinking started, though. Mm. Uh, a lot of drinking because I figured out, you know, that they didn't drug test for alcohol. Mm. <laughs> they drug tested for weed and I had failed a bunch in a row. Uh, I think it was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 in a row from probation. So they stuck me in this like uh, after school program or something like that. Right. And uh, I figured out that, well, you could drink and they couldn't test for it. So and then uh, I met actually a woman there or a girl, whatever, 
um, and I had my first daughter. I met her in the treatment center, though, and it was just a, a girl that I only talked to for a little while. Right. Was, you know, right. it's funny. My daughter calls herself the oops baby, but the oops I mean, baby. It, it so how old were you when you were in the treatment I was center. only 17. So you were 17. Okay. Yeah. So, the, but the drinking, I mean, the drinking was every day. Was it? Yeah. All day, every day. Like, it's just mm. what I did. Find money. Go right. drink. Go you know drink. what I mean? Um, and I had my daughter. I thought, I thought it would stop. But it really didn't, you know, because mm. once my mom lost the house at 19, then it was, you know, I had to make it by any means. So, yeah. So who were you staying with? Uh, just a girl I was dating so at it was the just, time. Okay. Not, not even the mother of my child. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I was kind of, I'd be around Takia, uh, like on holidays. Like mm -hmm. I was never not in her life, right. but I wasn't in her life either. Okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't an everyday thing. And then when I was living with this girl, I was, I, I worked all the time, but I was, always trying to make extra money so it was a lot of a lot of selling stuff you know what I okay mean? so pretty much whatever you could get right you selling know? drugs so you yeah. got into selling drugs Lots around drugs. 17 around 17 okay. yeah and i mean i really did it as like a side thing because i kept the job because i figured if you if you had a job it you still look like you had legit money right? right right you know i was i i never got caught for doing the things i did and maybe that was mm. part of the downfall like right i always i always wondered how people got caught because i, I don't know i always said you were a stupid criminal then if you got caught like right. you caught right like doing dumb stuff riding around in your beats and your well it's probably a challenge to you as well like, exactly yeah yeah, I, I, so school was easy. Mm. So I'd never, like, so when I was in high school, the teachers used to ask me, I remember one of them, my American history teacher asked me one day, she goes, well, how are you never here? You come in and you ace the test. I said, because it's easy. Mm. Like, like, so the school was never it's a challenge. Natural. Yeah, and yeah. I think it got to the point where, like, I didn't even get congratulated for good grades anymore. Mm. It was just, like, a thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. of course you passed all your tests. Of course you got all A's. Like, it was just like nothing. Sure. So I think part of the reason the streets were appealing was because it got me attention. Yeah. You know, lots of attention. Right. You know, and not only from the friends and stuff and from the girls, but it was from my family. Although it was negative attention, mm, you know, still why attention. are you doing this? Like, you know, my mom had to pay attention at that point, mm. you know? And my dad, he, I mean, he'd come and go like, I don't, I, I didn't really have a relationship with my dad and I tried right. when I got older, but right. it's neither here nor there, you okay. know, it didn't affect me. I don't think one way or the other. Right. I mean, it was really my mom I was closest to and I never always wondered why she never came and got me. Sure. But yeah, once, I mean, twenties were, well, that was when Kia probably seen the most. So my oldest daughter, who's going to be 21 now this year, she seen the most like, I think one of the hardest things I think about back in the day is what I exposed her to, mm. you know, like when I <laughs> exposed her, like parties and mm. drinking and women. And, mm. uh, I used to have it to where like there'd be parties and stuff at my house every day. Cause everybody came over to get drugs. Right. right. So whatever I had at the time, that was a lot of weed, I guess. Cause one thing was I drank, so I didn't smoke weed, but everybody smoked weed. Right. So it's like every every gram was a dollar. You know, right. that's the way I looked at it. Right. You know, right. So again, my intelligence economically, I would just say, well, it's made sense. Why, I'm gonna make why would I burn the money? You know what I mean? Mm. You know, it made more sense to spend ten dollars on a bottle and be drunk for three days than it did ten dollars to be high for two hours. Right. And which is what most other drugs do. So I was just like, well, I just sell the rest of the stuff. You right. know what I mean? Right. Sure. But she would be at parties. I just remember when MySpace was a thing and. Mm -hmm. uh, 
there's this picture that went around that uh, where my daughter was maybe five or six. I don't know. She was real young, but she's just holding all this money. Wow. And it was she got paid just for people to come in my house. Like they would come by for me, but right. they would have to pay her to come in the house. She was standing at the door. Jeez. And she just had tons of money. Like, it was crazy. Wow. And yeah. so at this time, how, you had two kids? No, still just the just one. Just the one, okay. Yeah, I only had the one. I had Kia super young. But, uh, again, me and her, her mom weren't together ever. We tried a little right. bit, but it never really worked out, you know. Right. Um, and then, let's see, in my 20s, I, I started selling really bad when I got this house. Like, I had quit my job because I was making so much money. And uh, once I quit my job, it, I, I could solely provide it for myself just selling. Just selling. Just selling. So you drugs. got to yep. the point where you were working, but you'd quit, and now 100% of your income's coming through selling drugs. Yep. Okay. I mean, it was really the drinking that got me to quit because I had to be somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, there was mornings I couldn't get up, you know, mm. partying all night. So I just said, screw the job. I'm making enough money this way, you right. know? And I ended up getting robbed actually a few times, but the worst time was the girl I was dating at the time I had been dating for two years and right. I ended up getting this house and, uh, she was the only one I had told where I hit all this money, like a lot of money. Okay. And she knew when and where I would be at all times pretty much. Right? Sure. Well, I don't know what I did. I, I must've did something, whether it was cheating and she found out or, right. Well, anyways, she sent people to my house that broke in when I wasn't there. And the only th and I'm talking my house was laid out when flat screens were new, right. Xboxes, clothes. And they walked yeah. in, took the money and they left. Wow. Nothing and else. Nothing else. So they and uh, she just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, I try I, I stopped actually selling. I did. Well, I didn't stop selling, but I stopped being around people. Like okay. I, I cut everybody you out of the isolated house. Yourself? Yep. yep. Took everybody. Nobody could come around. You know, if I did mm. sell anything, I sent just a someone trust else. issue. Yeah. Okay. Because I had a lot of people. There was a few people I trusted, really, but I would just send them to do all the work at this point, mm. right? Well, I, I didn't want to do it anymore, and the only thing I could think was college. Mm. So I actually tried college for a few years, even. Okay. And uh, again all a's and honor mm -hmm. rolls and stuff and uh, i don't know i just got bored again did you yeah i and mean went back to the streets no no i met a woman and that's okay. where i met my ex and this whole time i guess i always felt like i did okay in life though yeah like there was always a car there was always some work there's always money yeah but i wasn't never happy i don't think right. and i when i met this girl um at this time, my sister and my brother had been married for, I don't know, years, mm. right? The, with To the same person they had been with since they were like 15, both of them. They all, they all had like four or five kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when I met this woman, she had three. And I thought like God was just, here's my family. You know what I mean? Right. So I actually quit college and just went to work. And I, oh, okay. Yeah. And so I started taking care of her and her family. Mm. And at that point, I mean, the whole thing was the drinking was always around, but I don't know. I always felt like I had a handle on it, but I really didn't. Right. Like right. you couldn't catch me without a bottle. Right. There were times where police. So it was, were, a, it was like, a strong addiction that you had. Oh, it was worse than strong. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell if I was drinking. Okay. That's how much I drank. Okay. Like 
like I could have a whole job and, and or I could I'd go to school and be drunk. I used to do this college algebra drunk. My friend talks about it still to this day. Like, right. how did you do? I, was like, I don't know. It just mm. I always I don't know if I was trying to fit in. I don't think it was fitting. I think it was like I feel like my brain moves 100 miles an hour a lot. Right. And it's it just has to slow down. Mm. That's that's what I used to feel all the time. Like, right. like just slow down, just slow down, just slow down. You know what I mean? Right. Or numb, mm. trying to feel numb too. Like, like all the many things that were going on, I, I felt like I had to drink to feel okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like to feel sad, I had to be drunk to mm. feel mad. I had to be drunk to feel happy, to feel love. I had to be drunk, you mm. know, everything like to the point where it was almost needed. Right. You know? Right. And that's kind of what happened with my ex. Um, she didn't really drink when I met her um, or really do anything. She was a single mom, you know, raising three kids and she mm. seemed all right. I mean, she still had her issues. But when I came in, I thought like, like I felt needed, mm. I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. And and she wanted to be around me. I wanted to be around her. And it just kind of like snowballed. And we ended up uh, spending the next 12 13 years together wow which i don't know i could say like out of all the living on the streets it was probably crazier being in this relationship than the streets ever were for me yeah oh definitely it got bad um when i met her uh like i said i quit college Mm. you know and i just started working helping her with the kids so you went back working a legit legitimate job completely legit okay Um, i was done with the and i think i stopped the drug the, selling the drugs, the college I kept getting bored. Mm. Like, like you get to a point or for me, I kept getting to a point where it felt like you peak. Yeah. You know, it's like something becomes just monotonous or, or so easy right? that it's just like, what's the next thing? Right. Or what's, what's the next thing that's harder. And again, I never enjoyed any of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the joy was gone. Yeah. You weren't were, happy. There was no joy in, in, in anything. I feel like for a long, long, long time, mm. you know, and uh, we did good for a while. We ended up. This is the woman I had two more kids with. So, okay. So there's six all together that we're raising. Together. Two I, with her. Two with her, and we did. I didn't get fifty fifty custody of my oldest daughter till she was ten. Okay. You know what I mean. So for a lot of the years, Takia was just kind of like in and out of my life. Yeah. You know, again, I was never completely out, but I was. And I always think like that's kind of what my dad did. You know, mm-hmm. he'd come around for the holiday. Then he'd be gone for months or right. whatever, you know what I mean? Right. And I, when I think back about it, that's probably what, what, what really hurts is like the one thing I didn't want to do, I kind of did do her. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and that sucks. Like, right. A lot. <laughs> so you're in this relationship 12 years. It's a, it's a very toxic relationship. Yeah. But you're in it for 12 years trying to get to the point where we were introduced to you. So... Were you in this relationship when we first met? No. Or kind of so, kind of talk to us towards the end of that relationship, then what? Well, the relationship got real crazy after my best friend died and uh the drinking got heavier and heavier. Like like I couldn't go to work without drinking at okay. this point, right? And uh I think, you know, a lot of it was my fault as far as like we started becoming abusive. Okay. And so I started going to jail. Mm. And for you know, Three years in a row, I went to jail, and um, I went to a place called the God Mod, which is where you get to start looking at the Bible. Uh, okay. Right? So they give you these lessons, and there's eight lessons, and um, 
each lesson just kind of like goes over a chapter or two, you know. Hmm. And so I did all of them like it's a lot. It's right. like 250 or something like that. Right. Well, anyways, when I got out of jail this last time in 2021, uh, I went to the ministry uh, and uh, a ministry, a recovery ministry. Okay. And there I got to study more, you know, and everything. Okay. And that's where I met you guys. So, okay. so when I was in the ministry, it was really cool because they were planting a church and you guys were across the hall. Yes, that's yeah. right. I yes. remember that. And so when you're in this prison or when you're in prison, there was a ministry called the God Squad? God Mod. God. Well, that's what they called it. So technically that's that's the name the the jail people gave it right okay. we gave it okay the guys gave it god okay. mod and I, not me personally but guys who had been going there for years right it's good news jail and prison ministry okay and they have a whole mod at douglas county and yeah. uh yeah it's great i mean you basically go in there and you can and you did that voluntarily voluntarily so yes. you were just drawn like there's got to be more i'm tired of this lifestyle well for me the first time i went to jail at 19 uh, my cousins were guards, COs there. My mom freaked out. Right. So they got me into that mod. And so that's how I knew about it when I got older. Okay. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go there. Cause for me, it was like easier. You know, they got a little bit more freedom. They got a TV, they got videos, they got music. Uh, I'm like, yeah, we'll go do it. Yeah. But for, God kept calling me there. Mm. And so the first time I finished half the studies, I got out the second time I finished the back half and got out. And then the last time I went, I got to do the whole thing all the way through. So I know God wow. was telling me something. Yes. I mean, he's like, I'm it. I'm so it. now I'm when it. you're when you're getting released, you, you have a desire, an authentic desire yeah. to pursue him. And so you get hooked up with this ministry and you start diving into the word even deeper. Further, further and further. And it was in jail though where I where I found God, when I found salvation, when I realized what it was. Right. And that was just simply knowing that I didn't need love for my parents. Mm. That that yeah, it'd be great to have. And yeah, it's a good thing to have. But that's not the love you need. Right. You know what I mean? The love you need is only comes from Christ. Come and on. once I figured that out, floodgates were open. Mm. So now my intelligence was peaked. Mm. Right. So now I, I when I when I got into the word, there there's no way to just be on top of it all. Right. Like there's no there's right. no like, oh, I'm bored with this. Mm. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Right. So so it kind of just holds me there. Yeah, and that, that's all it is. And so when well, I got, it sounds like it's for the first time, it's kept your attention. Yes. You got bored in school, yes. you got bored on the streets, but now you've got this, you know, you've got this newfound faith that's got mm -hmm. life attached to it and you can't get enough. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's what it is. So my, so again, my thought process went, um, it's easy to have in jail. Right. That's what I thought. I'm like, okay, well this is great, you know, but what happens when I walk out of here? So when I walked out of there the last time, I couldn't go back to my ex Tasha's house. Uh, I couldn't go to my mom's because my kids got taken the last time I went to jail. Okay. And so I couldn't live there because they were state wards. So I was literally homeless. And the only mm. thing I could think is like, where can I go that I can continue to study? Mm. And so freeway was the only place yeah. that I knew of. Cause I got accepted like other programs, right? Okay. There's other recovery programs. But they luckily bonded me out and I went there and uh, agreed to do six months. Okay. And that was the agreement. And, you know, there was a lot of opportunities to start meeting other ministries there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to like lead worship and, mm. and, and give sermon and all these things. So, so all this uh, knowledge that I had acquired from studying the Bible, I was able to share and right. um, apply. Mm. So that was the biggest thing is like application. Like, yeah. like okay, God, this is great. 
Yeah. Like you've given me this mind and and then right. this these ability to soak up all this word. Mm. What do I do with it though? Right. Like how do you walk out of where you're at or or leave everything behind and 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 use it? Yeah. You know, so it's what you up, were learning. Yeah. At Freeway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they were showing me how to how to kind of use some of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went through the discipleship program and the guy, Randy Stamer, he was great. You know, he, cause that was what kind of what he related to me on was he had been a long living Christian. So he had been using it. So it's mm-hmm. like, great. Give me some of this. I don't want that. Apply, yeah. <laughs> apply this. Yeah. And while I was at freeway, that's when I ran into you guys. So I volunteered to do the floors. Yes. Yeah, so we were needing help volunteers. <laughs> yeah. And so you're yeah. like, Hey, I can lay floor. I'll come yep. and help you volunteer. Yep. And, and then you found out that we had the shop. Yep. You've got some skills, obviously, behind and mm-hmm. underneath the hood. Nope. And oh, so yeah. where were you at with your kiddos at that point? At that point with my kids, they were only able to visit me for three hours, I believe, three times a week. Okay. And that was rough because it was at a recovery center. So right. it was in one room at the freeway house, and there was guys walking all around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was very awkward. Um I only had a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really do much because I'm stuck in here. I'm stuck in this recovery center, right? right. And so that was the beauty of hearing about chariots. Yes. Was like, I didn't go to chariots thinking that there would be something. It just kind of happened. Like yeah. I went over there literally just to do the floor. Right. And I know Michelle likes to talk about uh, the fact that I had a bunch of teeth pulled that day. Yeah. And I was over there the next day. She's like, "You did what?" She's like. <laughs> stop (laughs) i just and that was like the day i met michelle but like that was part of it like she cared yeah like why do you care that why wouldn't you just want your floor done like right the you know the people i've dealt with throughout my life they just want something from you Mm. you know michelle was more concerned about me and my health than than her floor getting done Mm. and i'm like and that was foreign to you like yeah that just didn't didn't make sense like what do you want like there's a secret agenda here exactly that and and that's what i was thinking like okay there's more to this or something so it did it did pique my curiosity though Mm. and oddly enough i had seen a post from my niece you guys had helped is where I first seen chariots. So uh, you guys had gave my niece Alexis a car, and I was scrolling through Facebook and I seen it. I'm like, her hey, name's Alexis. We Alexis. didn't give her Alexis. No, no, right, right, right. <laughs> Not exactly. that we're opposed to that, but right. But uh, she uh, she had a picture on there of the shop, or, mm. and I'm like, hey, are you at Waymaker Church? And she's like, what are you talking about at chariots? I was like, oh, is that the same place? And yep. she's like, yeah, they're and so. It's kind of how it snowballed. Mm. And then when I asked her, she said, yeah, they, they helped me with a car. I'm like, oh, sweet. Because <laughs> at this point, so you're getting out, you're volunteering, you're finding out, man, there's some unconditional love coming from this ministry. Absolutely. I want more of that. But you also had a need. Like you also had a, a transportation barrier. Yeah. So at this point, I was, <laughs> so I was able to work, but without getting being able to get anywhere i was kind of working where i could so one of the guys was doing some drywall i was like doing that once in a while and then um pretty much whatever i could do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean oh yeah you want to go to work with me sure i'll get 100 bucks you know do whatever labor but yeah without having the ability to go anywhere how do you just get a job right you know what i mean it's tough and i remember talking to the pastor and he had mentioned that uh you guys and he's like, well, why don't you just go ask Jason? Well, I had met you yep. um, a little bit after that. I remember, though, it was a February, it was a mm. Valentine's Day event. Yeah. 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 I, I remember. And uh, 
we 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 won the little balloon thing or something mm-hmm. you know but yeah. uh that game I just, yeah. yeah i just remember kind of telling you my story just right just like where i was at with my girls right you know that's that. see that's what drew me into you right like drew yeah um is that you know here you are somebody's coming out you're working hard you're moving forward you had a story right street life and then you're trying to get right and then you get into this relationship that's toxic and then you're going to jail and then you're out and then you're in and then you come out and you're like now i'm ready like mm-hmm. god's opening your eyes you're making a transformation you're pursuing him with everything that you got you're facing a real life barrier in transportation you're fighting and this is the other thing at that time too you're going full custody for your kids full yep and so single father in this city city that's spread <laughs> out trying to go ahead and you know get a good job and provide for for their kids like you're struggling as far as like man how do i do this and so that's where i remember like talking to you and hearing mm-hmm. your story and hearing what you're doing and i'm like man we got to team up like we got to we got to team up and i it, it just so happened you guys had just got those three lifts yes and uh and then to I find out you, that you're mechanically yeah, inclined I, I i did a lot of you know under the hood and that was kind of like where my dad came in was in and out you know what he did teach me was like backyard mechanic i guess right. you would call it you know and then right. i always worked on my own cars but again i think that was just one of those things i could do just mm. by you know i'd youtube and just figure it out right like, but yeah it worked out that i didn't need to go get certified or something like right. you know some big degree or something right. and uh yeah and i was able to do the 1099 work yes. where i was able to hear what i was learning was that the more I could offer to other people, God seemed to bless me. Mm. Like, like if I knew how to do so much, right? But I never did it for anybody else. Right. I had only did it for me. Right. I'd only think thought like, what can I get out of this? Yeah. Well, then I started to think, well, if I just start doing stuff for people, let's see what happens. Yeah, that's right. And that was kind of like the when, when the truth was revealed to me was it was like this being selfless out of the love God had for you rather than looking for something mm. right like like trying to trying to get something out of what you had or or whatever and and he just he's faithful yes. so like like he comes along the way he's like don't worry about it don't right. worry about it don't worry about it i had well, no that's, plan that's what know? i felt when you came to us like you know hearing your story you never know i mean and again you'll say this but you're a hustler when we met up that's that's what i remember my first impression was you've surrendered you're ready to follow him you're not you don't have a secret agenda. You're not going after anything. You just want to serve. And that was refreshing. And we got to talk about though, we, we got to talk about, so you're in the shop, you're, you're with us now you're serving. We've hired you. You're now have been accepted into our program. Right. So you're in our vehicle ownership program. Right. We're working hard to try to get you a reliable vehicle so that you can continue moving forward in your job, getting your kids back, which was a huge barrier. Like you needed a reliable car to make this work with your kids. Absolutely. And so talk a little bit about that as far as just the difficulty of, of pursuing that without transportation. Well, I mean, first of all, was getting to work. Like, how do you work? You know what I mean? Like I couldn't, uh, even when I had first started working for you guys, I was still hitching a ride from a buddy who was right. at the church. Right. You know what I mean? So it just so happened that even starting to work for you guys that I was able to get there. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I could walk cause it was around the corner from, from the recovery house. Right. But I mean, being able to do anything with my daughters was probably the hardest part because i think Mm. the most difficult part for them was the fact of just coming to a recovery center and sitting down yeah like that was not going anywhere you know what i mean i mean we'd have an event here at church once here in a while but i mean 
pretty much we were stuck in this house. Right. A bunch of grown men that they don't know. Right. You know, very awkward for two little girls. But I mean, the difficulty of even getting past the hurdle of like getting unsupervised visits was difficult Mm. because how do they give me because once they would take away the supervision, then I got to provide transportation. Right. I got to pick them up. I have to drop them off at certain time. Well, how do you do that if you don't have a car? That's right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, joining the program was great. And uh, the way you guys gave me a car was so we got to talk <laughs> about that. We got to talk about that. So you're and just because, you know, it's easy to do like you're you're fun. Yeah. You got thick skin, but you're in the program. You're in the shop. You're working. Yeah. And so we get I'm, this car. We, we find your car. Yeah. You don't know it. No. Talk about I, that. Well, the funny part is I had cleaned a lot of cars. Right. And I said that every car was my car. Right. I'd really like this one or yeah. I'd really like that one. So I'm cleaning the one that you actually are going to give me. Right. But what I loved about it was that I, I'm detailing it with my buddy. And he, I'm like, I'm not going to say it this time, Alex. And Alex is like, say what? That it's your car? Right. I said, yeah, I'm not going to say it this time. But this is my car. I think this is my car. <laughs> and he's, I'm like, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's, it's right. not yet. I know I'm probably down on the list or whatever. Right. And then I remember we were blessing the car. That's why I was cleaning it. And I, I went over to the office to get the bow. And I, I just remember Cassie hurrying up and grabbing her bag. And so I'm like, Cassie, you got to hurry. The per- you got to go get the person. Yeah. So she like literally left in her car and everything. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Like, You're in the garage. So we're all in the garage yeah. waiting for this. Uh, our new recipient. Around. And that, that was probably one of the best moments was when she's mm. like, I'm going to knock on the door and just open the garage. And I open the garage and I'm looking around and she's just smiling, smiling and pointing at me. And I'm everybody's just looking around like, what's going on? Yeah. And everybody just started. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. That, that, that was, yes. I so you cleaned your own that. car. We surprised you and tricked yes. you. But now you've got your car. Yes. Right? And so talk a little bit about now life after the car so when once i got the car it kind of actually sped up the whole reunification process Mm. with my children which was amazing because at first it it was taking months just to get like an extra visit or an extra hour well at this point i was able to start like meeting them places like we were able to like go to the jump park or we were i was able to Mm. go to their school event or Mm. or whatever right um but it even helped Cause I think the day I got the car, it wasn't, but maybe two weeks later where I was able to start picking them up. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. So that, that, I mean, that car even got me, um, moved into the first apartment I got like everything I had from the recovery center, which is half a room full of stuff. Right. Fit in that vehicle to get over to my apartment. Right. You know, right. and then me and my girls were able to get to and from school. Mm. Uh, I mean, any kind of because the other thing was with the visits, I had to start um, doing doctor visits and dentists. Right. Because in order for you to get your kids back, they got to make sure you can do these things. Right. So I was finally able to start doing these things. Wow. And that was the beauty of having the car. It just yes. opened up the ability for me to just be a dad. You know what I mean? And, and see, we talk, parent. Andrew, that's so awesome because we talk about outcomes in this ministry and we see a lot of different outcomes. Right. You know, and some people think like, oh, it's a car, but it's so much more than the car. Like Absolutely. we tell everybody, like we're not a car ministry, we're a transportation ministry. And our focus is removing transportation barriers. And yours, you needed a car. And the outcome and the impact for your specific story was the fact of reunification with your kids and being mm-hmm. able to go ahead and do the things that you needed to do to get those kids back and provide for them. Exactly. That's huge. Yeah. And so that's why it's just, you know, we resonate and you don't see a lot of single dads fighting the way that you're fighting and that you have. And so I just, man, 
congratulations to that. You have absolutely blessed us with your story. This is, I have to, we have to talk just a little bit about this <laughs> and we'll bring it home. Um, so we not only tricked you in your first one, yeah. but what we love is, is that, <laughs> and you did this, we've got a program, we continue to improve and build on it. But part of that is, is like the cars, the original entry level program that you got accepted into. It's a car, older car with higher mileage. Right. right? And so we, we tell you, this thing's not going to last forever. Right. Use it as a jump start. Start planning. All right. We go through classes. We talk about that. And so you did that. Like you got an amazing yep. job. You went ahead and moved forward. You started planning and saving and doing all the things that you were supposed to do. And then we have another program called the matching program, which is kind of like a step up. Right. Where it's like, hey, cool, this car's done. Now I've saved some money. We're going to help match that. And, uh, and so it's a great program that we offer a lot of our recipients. You're going for that. So here we are, like you've applied for that now, right? Yes. So just like two years later, your car starting yeah. to kind of yeah. come down to an ending. And so it's like, hey, I've saved up some money. I'm ready for that upgrade because uh, now I've got my kids. Right. I'm full time dad, 100 percent custody. So we invite you to the gala. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, so you got to talk a little bit, man. So you got to talk a little bit about that. Well, so I remember reaching out to you because I had saved up some money. Yeah. Um, my car, the other car still ran. And by the way, I was able to bless somebody else with that car, which was my aunt who had her car broken into. Wow. And all messed up. And I'm like, well, hey, I got this car. So I was able to let her. Oh, Drew. And she's given me a little bit of money for it, but nothing wow. that she would have to go to a car. Right. So, but so it's yeah. blessed. Not just you but yeah it blesses yeah. it's still blessing come on you know um but i remember approaching you because i did i saved up some money and i knew that i was going to need a newer car you know what i mean so right uh when i approached you i was just like whatever you can get you know i have x amount duh, 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 and then you told me the matching program I'm like right. well that's cool yeah so i remember you calling me to ask if i was coming no no actually uh to volunteer i was yeah. asked to volunteer first yeah and i was like yeah that's cool you know yeah. volunteer i guess you know so as a door greeter or whatever and then once i got on the volunteer list i remember you reaching out and saying hey can we have lunch i want to talk to you about maybe speaking and telling your story mm. and i'm like yeah that'll be cool so i had this idea like hmm, maybe mm. but then you said megan was too and i megan's the one that originally referred me to the program so right. i'm like oh well that makes sense megan and me speaking yeah. back to back that makes perfect <laughs> sense and you're like okay at the end of your speech you're going to introduce maria and uh just kind of go one two three point at the board so you had me write this whole speech right, right. <laughs> my whole testimony and i'm up there you have to pour out your heart <laughs> yes. which was great i mean yeah. it was an amazing story you did an amazing job and, and, I, and i'm I, going to introduce somebody and i turn to the board and it's got my name all over it and oh yeah yeah that uh, I, I don't so, know which set, one so two better. times man we surprised two you and tricked you but I don't know if that car was as clean because I didn't get to clean it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. But here's Drew, man. He's like, okay, what an honor to be able to announce the next new family member. Everybody come along, join along, and and help me uh, introduce the next family member. One, yeah, two, two three, three, congratulations. And then your name pops up. Yes. So we love having fun with you. You don't know when the next surprise is coming. So. Right. And I tell you what, though, that, that's the other big thing. So God works everything for the good. And that mm. video... I had so many people from my past yes. life reach out to me. Wow. And I mean, guys, I had, I used to deal and, and run around with saying, I'm so tired of drinking. I've had, uh, I had that barbecue and one of my friends I hadn't seen in a long time came with another one who's just sober and, uh, they just want to know how. Wow. And that I think is the best part. That's powerful. Is, yeah. And these aren't people that like, like you would expect, mm. you know what I mean? And maybe that's, 
that's part of God's purpose for me is to reach those people that you don't expect. Man, come on. You know? So, and chariots has just been a, a catalyst to get me there. Cause I don't, you know, I'm not a Facebook person. I'm not a, not, not, not a digital guy. That's always right. Snapchat and selfies. Right. Right. But, but the times I've been put on there mm-hmm. have brought more people to me than me just walking around. That's you know right. what I mean? That's and powerful. so I think that's, that's probably the best part of all of it. Well, I know this, brother. You uh, forever will be in our hearts. You're a family. You're you're a brother in Christ. We love you. Your story inspires us. It still does. We've got a relationship now that nobody can separate, right, right with all of the, the Chariots family. Right. You're coming <laughs> back now watching our kids. You're still volunteering. You're super engaged. You're still blessing our ministry. Yes. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you. I mean, this is what it's about. You had a rough life on the streets. You had a rough home life. Uh, God opened up your eyes. You went 150% towards him, pursued him. He's blessed you. You had this crazy barrier in front of you. That's where we stepped in and were able to help that. Absolutely. Uh, and now you've got, like, you're an amazing dad to your kids. Yeah. And just congrats, man. It's an honor sitting here with you and, thank you. and talking and <laughs> just sharing your story, brother, in your heart. I definitely appreciate everything you guys do. Mm. Everything. And, Come you on. know, like, like I said, I, I know what love feels like now. So Come on, appreciate brother. it. Amen. Right back. <laughs> hey, we do too. So it's iron sharpens iron. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We are excited uh, that, that you're here and spent some time with us. And uh, until next time, brother, we appreciate you. Love yeah. you. All right. Thanks for checking out the Chariots for Hope Under the Hood podcast. If you are inspired by this story and would like to know ways that you can make an impact in the lives of those trying to overcome transportation barriers, we can't encourage you enough to check out our website at chariotsforhope.org or follow us on social media for daily updates. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.